We are live. Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean, where we dive into the biggest movie news of the past week and get into other shenanigans as we feel like it. Sean, how the hell are you doing? This is episode 10. Episode 10. We've done it. We're in we've the double it. digits. We've made it. It feels great. I'm, I'm doing well. I, I'm, I'm nearing the last few days of uh, summer vacation for a uh, math teacher like myself. Um, and, uh, you know, today Sam was out of the office and, uh, or no, excuse me. She was out to the office. And, uh, so she wasn't just watching me lie on the couch all day, which caused me to lie on the couch even more. Um, her judgment drives me truly, but Hey, that's, you know what? That's why she is like the cornerstone of this podcast, right? She keeps you going. Um, she keeps me honest when we're on here. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, this is true. it's funny though. She's out of the office. Well, kind of right. If her yeah. home has been the office for how long? It's amazing <laughs> that I quickly went to that right off the bat. <laughs> right, right. So, are you back in the classroom then? Come Thursday. So it's going to be a Thursday. Um, from yeah, I'm going to be literally in the classroom, but it's only going to be professional development for like a week and a half because we're preparing to try to keep every single child six feet apart, which is definitely something that's absolutely possible. Very excited. <laughs> Hey, I like I told you before. I work for uh, college, and it's it's impossible. It's you know, like you would think they would be able to do it. And so, good luck. Um, but here we are. We have some uh, fun news to get to tonight. We've um, kind of grouped some of the stuff because it seemed like things fell into really two different pots, right? It was either a lot of DC news, obviously, because of DC fandom, and then of course, um, well, not of course, but strangely we have a ton of reboots that have been announced in the past couple of weeks um so we're going to touch on them tonight as well but first i do want to spend a few minutes just hyping up the guy at the movies film festival it's uh, officially called the first ever guy at the movies virtual film festival if you say it five times fast you get free admission to the free event uh but we are starting on friday at 5 30 p.m eastern so things are about to get fun um the very first night, just to run through real quick what we have, we have some filmmakers and we'll be taking a look at some of their short films uh, before we get to a watch along event. So we have uh, filmmaker Mustafa Kishvari from the film Corona, which was recently, I think I talked about this last week, but it was um, recently made during the pandemic and really dives into xenophobia during uh, this strange COVID-19 time. Uh, the co-directors of The Shadow and the Mandalorian, and then uh, RuPaul's Drag Race star Nina West, who is also the star lend lending her voice to a short animated film called Coaster, where uh, animator Dan Lund, who also works for Disney, uh, will be a part of this as well. He was one of the filmmakers on that. And then that evening, we have a watch-along of Extraction with movie files from Netf uh, on Netflix. The next day, just running through real quick, there's some programs. So education is, you know, cornerstone of these two teachers that are running this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, we have trivia starting at 11 a.m., which is Disney Pixar trivia. We have uh, creating desirable content, toxic fandoms, finding your voice as a critic, and then a Q&A with the author of the release, the Snyder Cut book, insight into Hollywood North, and then a watch along for Mortal Kombat's 25th anniversary with Talk and TV, a watch along uh, with myself and crew for Night Hunter. Uh, before we have a Q&A with Night Hunter director David Raymond at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then a watch party on Scener for Palm Springs with the basic cinephile, which I loved Palm Springs. That was such a nice like surprise of a movie. Sp Palm Springs was probably one of my top films this year so far. Like, definitely. Yeah. 
Sunday is the last day of it, and it's podcast heavy, so we'll have live streams, and we will kick it off at 11 a.m. in the morning. Uh, they got the movies podcast with Joe and Sean, followed by a watch party on Scener of the Five Bloods, hosted by Bearded Film Reviews. Uh, the final program of the weekend for that education is uh, sort of a panel on comics to film, discussing how comics translate into film with the guys from the Chumpcast. Then four podcasts right in a row back to back, the Sean Chandler podcast, the Chumpcast, Real Game Movie Show, and the Hallmarkies podcast, before we wrap up the weekend with a uh, watch along of Parasites uh, with Flix Talk. Uh, so Parasite is on Hulu and you know, last year's best picture winner. We got to watch that, right? It's got to be one of those. I'm telling you, I'm so excited to see that again because you know, I've mm -hmm. I've I've watched it I think twice, and then I've watched it seven thousand other times in my mind because I, <laughs> I will never forget that movie. Yeah, you know, I've only seen it once, but then after reading through the storyboard book or whatever was released, um, when I got that a few months ago, I was like, oh god, I got to see this movie again, don't I? So. Um, one thing I do want to encourage everyone is if you haven't registered already, please do so on guidethemovies.com. It's free. It's absolutely free. But registering just gets you the emails daily that will give you the full schedule. And then one other piece is that while this is a free event, we will be raising money for Direct Relief, which is an organization that uh, really helps with major disasters throughout the world, and especially in third world countries and low income areas. Uh, but they've been very, very prevalent in the fight to bring PPE to areas that need it during the ongoing pandemic. Um, so we will be chatting with someone from Direct Relief uh, during the welcome part of the film festival on Friday evening. Uh, but I'm very excited to be able to give them whatever we can raise, whether that's $10 or $100 or $500, whatever. Um, any little bit helps these organizations. So will you be there, Sean? I am going to be there, yes. <laughs> I, I honestly can't wait, like, you know, especially, you know, starting off uh, Friday with all that stuff. But uh, that Corona short film sounds great. Um, very excited to rewatch Extraction. Um, I, I, I loved that movie a lot. <laughs> I, do too. I do too. And then it'll uh, be a good time. It's going to be a good community with things. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, yeah. Should be interesting. So we'll be able to watch movies together because as we're about to get into, we've been watching movies by ourselves. You watch a lot more than I do once again. Yeah. Um, I, I have to reiterate that, you know, this is the last little bit of the summer. <laughs> hurrah. So like this, this, this list will die down soon. I think <laughs> next week you're going to be like, I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so do you want to start off with what you've watched on? Yeah, let me go with what I watched. So uh, the first thing I watched was um, a documentary on Disney plus called Howard, which is about um, the uh, Disney animated composer, Howard Ashman. Um, if you are a fan of, old school Disney. And when I say old school, I do mean uh, just, you know, Little Mermaid. Uh, he, he basically composed or wrote songs and composed Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. And right there, that's just like a trifecta hit right there. And yeah. it was amazing watching him record these, like these different songs. It was amazing watching um, Jerry Orbach and, um, Angela Lansbury, like recording the voices for them in a place where there was a studio with an orchestra inside of it. It was just everything about this just like, you know, made my heart a flutter. Um, but it's, a, it's an astounding portrait of an artist, um, you know, who uh, tragically died of AIDS. Um, interesting thing that, you know, they brought up was is uh, look at the lyrics to kill the beast. It might actually be about the AIDS epidemic, which is probably one of the most fascinating things. And they don't have that officially like, you know, that he officially did that. But if you look at that, it's like, oh, wow, this might be that wow. kind of situation. Yeah. Um, 
I then moved on to um, Sputnik, which is a Russian sci-fi horror about an alien that comes down with astronauts and tries to evade the planet. I'm not saying anything else except see this movie. It's an absolute blast. I think it was very, very low budget, as you can see sometimes from the effects, um, but they edit it well enough that you can't tell through most of it, but it was just suspenseful. It was, you know, that the concept I just gave you is pretty unoriginal, but what they did with it was so much fun. It was. I heard really good things. It th This one, I'm telling you, I, I absolutely love this one. Um, the next one, here's where we start to go down a little bit. Uh, then I saw <laughs> Tesla. Um, Ethan Hawke is great. Ethan Hawke was great in this. This movie was trying to be weird for the sake of being weird. Um, it was, you know, trying to, like, the people that love it are just like, oh, it's so off kilter. And it's like, yeah, but what was the point of it? I don't really understand what the plot was or the point. Um, it's It just was one of those things where if you're going to be this odd, have a reason for it. It kind of reminds me of like a radioactive type movie. Like it's more, is it more about the individual than it is really anything else? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the thing about radioactive though, it did, you know, it actually looked good and like, you know, it really did have a point and showed like, you know, what she was trying to accomplish this one. There, there was maybe the portrait of a tor tortured inventor, but then there was just, you know, cheap, like intentionally cheap backgrounds and stuff like that, trying to like make it some sort of performance piece. I couldn't really figure it out. Um, he, he sings karaoke in it and this is uh, a, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, and uh, the next one I actually – then the, the next uh, three that I have here are probably my biggest surprises. The one and only Ivan is something I decided to watch on Disney+. Plus, and I thought, okay, Talking Animals movie, this is, really isn't going to go so hot for me. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I won't lie. I kind of liked it. Um, it was you know pretty well done. Um, you know They have a complex character in Brian Cranston who would normally be a mustache-twirling villain because um, <laughs> he's the – these are talking animals in a circus, and he is the uh, you know the head head of the circus um, is Brian Cranston, and so you'd, you'd assume he'd be this mustache twirling villain, but he genuinely loved the animals, so there was really something interesting going on there, um, which I really liked. Um, they have a really good voice cast, don't they? So the voice cast was interesting because you know it had a great voice cast, like you see the long line, um, and the voice acting was good. Um, you have Sam Rockwell in there as the lead, and. He is doing a great job, like as as a gorilla, and you know Danny DeVito is kind of fun and spunky as the dog. Um, you have uh, Brooklyn Pierce who is in uh, the Florida Project. She plays a baby elephant. She's very charming. I'd say some of the side characters maybe are phoning it in a little bit. Maybe they're not really that, but you know, you know Helen Mirren went in there for probably an afternoon and they've got a paycheck. She's good, um, but mo like there's like the main characters were enough that I actually kind of it was quite magical. I'd say that it skipped a few important plot points in it um, or just rushed through them where I was just like, wait, we should have spent more time. Well, okay. Um, but it's a kid's movie. What are you going to do? Right. Um, the next one is uh, probably my biggest surprise because through the first half of this movie, I was just mocking it and making fun of it. And this is chemical hearts on Amazon prime. This is young adult, um, like, you know, love story, you know, just, hoity-toity kind of stuff and i i really like you know i would normally hate this kind of movie but it it worked for me it was chock full of cliches the plot was semi-predictable it worked for me i don't know like it got me it, i i was moved by the end of it and you know i still think that all of those aspects of it are bad um but i will give it the credit that you know it knew how to move it knew how to like you know do something right it was made very well 
So I go back and forth on that one. Okay. Okay. And the last one I saw yesterday, and this is a documentary short on Netflix called The Speed Cubers, which um, made me cry. Um, I didn't expect a documentary about competitive Rubik's Cube solving to make me cry. Uh, this is it, it, like this is something where it's just it's about these two friends. It, I, I, I couldn't get over how beautiful this was. Um, one of the uh, like the two friends are the two rivals of the two world champions. So they're going head to head. But they're also you know, they also love each other. Um, one of them is, uh, you know has autism and it's just probably one of the most like stirring movies and it's only 40 minutes. So it's basically a documentary short. I wanted to see like a three hour movie of this. I didn't want to go away from it. So all in all, I think I did okay this week. Well, you know, a lot of times when you have those documentary shorts, they're testing the waters for a potential feature film down the road. So who knows? Good to see that. So because of the film festival stuff, I once again have been very behind on a lot of stuff, but I did get a few movies in this week. Um, I watched The Outpost starring Orlando Bloom, Scott Eastwood, a couple other uh, characters or uh, actors. It was about a um, an outpost in Afghanistan that really was kind of under siege all the time. And finally, uh, the Taliban try to take it over and it is just like one full hour. Um, it's it's a two hour movie, but the last hour is just nonstop action. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, this is another war movie where it's just like, you know, them bullshitting with one another the entire time and whatever. But, oh my God, I actually really loved it in the end. It was really good. Um, the action was incredible. The acting was actually really good. I mean, Scott Eastwood for the first time, I think in a movie I've seen him in, I really liked him in it. Um, there's a couple other actors in there that were pretty solid that, uh, I, I was surprised by. Um, so all in all, it's based on a book by Jake Tapper, who is, um, you know, Jake Tapper from CNN. He wrote the, the true story of this. Um, but it's, it's pretty fascinating. A lot of people lost their lives, unfortunately that day, a lot of soldiers. Um, and you know, at the end they're doing the whole side-by-side comparison of the, the, who played them and their actual picture and, I was just sitting there with like goosebumps the entire time. So I got a shout out to Caleb Landry Jones on that. Caleb Landry Jones's performance was unbelievable. I mean, he was the one like right at the end, like after all of the, uh, you know, after all the dust settled from the, you know, ultimate fight, um, the look in his eyes was just like bone chilling. Yeah. Caleb was great. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I, I couldn't figure out who he was at first. Um, because that was one of my knocks early on in the movie is you don't really get a good distinction between who's who, because unfortunately a lot of them do look similar in some ways. And especially when you're in army fatigues and all that. Um, but there was another actor in there and I'm going to look it up real quick. Cause I, I really wanted to call him out. Um, and I should have been a little bit more prepared. Taylor, well, John, why, why you do that? Oh, you got it. Taylor, John Smith, um, Taylor was the Johnson. actor. He played the lieutenant who took over near the end and kind of led them through the raid. He he's a young actor, but he was incredible in this movie. So I, I think that that was my one knock of the movie is during the entire final battle, I didn't know who anyone was because they didn't really spend too much time except for like a couple of characters. And I think that was because they wanted to do service to the entire platoon. Sure. And like, you know, have every actor there, which is very honorable, but that did make it sort of a little bit less like, you know, when you're, you're right, Caleb Blaze Jones, I really didn't know him until the end because I really didn't know who he was. Um, yeah. That's, you know, I, I once again, I'm not going to hold that against the movie because that's, you know, a very honorable thing to do. But that was one of the trickier yeah. parts. 
Yeah, but all in all, I was pretty impressed by it. Um, I, I did enjoy it. The other two I watched were part of the Outfest 2020. So it's the uh, annual LGBTQIA uh, film festival, which moved online this year. Um, some really solid entries. I mean, there's always some movies that don't make it to you know wide release and uh, sort of fly under the radar. One is called Cowboys. Um, I watched this last night, actually, and I was like crying in bed a little bit. But um, <clears throat> it is Steve Zahn, surprisingly, in a pretty emotional role. Um, he plays a father who uh, his his daughter um, tells him that she believes that she's a boy. And uh, it's a 10-year-old trans actress, actually, a, a trans child. Um, and the mother doesn't accept it. And so he's also pretty manic and has some other, you know, underlying health issues going on. Um, but he ends up kidnapping his child to take him to Canada uh, to help him like live out his life and whatever. It is very emotional um, and, and very different. It was a beautifully shot movie, which going back to the outpost, that was the other thing about the outpost as well that I really liked. It was beautifully shot in some scenes, like the, the scenery behind them when they were out, you know, um, uh, they're going to use the wrong term here, but when they were patrolling, so to speak, yeah. and um, it, it was just really cool. But, you know, this is this takes place in the Montana wilderness and it was just absolutely beautiful in Cowboys. So I do recommend that um, that was it's winning a lot of awards. It's probably going to be up there in terms of the film festival as well. The other one was Catfish Killer. This is actually a movie that I have been keeping an eye on. Um, for quite a while. And I actually donated to like the Indiegogo last year when they were getting it going. Um, the I'm aware of that one of the actors in it through a friend of mine. <clears throat> um, but it is a 12 minute short, I think it is, maybe even less. But it's basically all about um, three gay friends that go to a cabin in the woods. They're on an app that is supposed to be Grinder, but it's called Pecker. <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, the one is using a fake photo or a false photo. And when he updates it, the guy that he was talking to says he's going to kill them and then shows up and tries to kill them. It is hilarious. It's actually really well done. Um, I was very impressed with it, uh, thinking it was going to be very low budget. and But it, it was pretty funny. So, you know, it's again, it's the nice thing of being able to catch things, catch films that I wouldn't otherwise. And um trying to support these film festivals that are trying to do the best that they can during this time. So yeah, I got a couple others on my list this week for that. I think it goes through the end of the week or at least Thursday. Um, but I don't Where know. Can we see these films from the outfest. Cause now I'm curious. They're on outfest.com. Um, it's for the entire event. I think it was $60. Okay. It's, it's now, I think they lowered it to 49, but I actually might have a um, coupon code. I did get an email about something it was like share with your friends so let you know uh, but there's there's some other big ones in there um i'm gonna forget some of the actors but some big actors that are involved in some of the films as well so um not that that drives anything but uh it's usually the films that have no names in there that really end up making an impact uh, that's probably what i'll be doing after this weeping in my bed and something like <laughs> so all right let's break into some of the news we have a, a not a ton of news, but some meaty things that I'm sure we want to discuss and who knows what, what tangents we'll get out, uh, get on. First and foremost, Saturday was a marathon. It was DC Fandom. Started at 1 p.m. Eastern, ended at 9 p.m. Eastern, replayed. So that's where they got their like 24 hours thing. I was like, yeah, slick. But it was, it was nonstop. It was uh, 
first and foremost, very good event, very well done, very well curated, regardless of, you know, whether you like DC or not, or like what they presented. Uh, so the first thing we got was a Wonder Woman 1984 panel. We got another preview uh, or another trailer. The main thing that we found out, I mean, two things. Um, one is that I made a uh, typing error in this story, as I find right now, as I'm looking at the website. But number two, um, they are committed to getting this in the theaters, which is cool. I'm glad. And the other is that we finally got a good look at Kristen Wiig's villain of Cheetah. So it's kind of a blend between uh, CGI and practical effects. Did you take a look at this? Um, I Yeah, I saw it. But I also saw it in a movie last year called Cats. So I'm... <laughs> Uh, I, you know, the best thing that could have happened to Wonder Woman is that it got delayed like this because then when cats came out, they were like, oh shit. <laughs> no, it, it does look fine. It does look fun. Um, the whole movie honestly looks fun. Like it's just, you know, what was smart about this trailer was that, you know, they made sure to include a few uh, quips from uh, Chris Pine and Gal Gadot because yeah. that, that is needed. Like, you know, that was, that was the meat and potatoes of the first one. They're now, you know, more established, have some more fun with each other there. Um, when they got a little bit too serious in Wonder Woman, it was just that's when it started to slow a little. Um, that was my only issue with Wonder Woman is it slowed a little. Other than that, great movie. And so yeah. I'm just hoping that this is going to be a little bit more fun. Um, we also so. did find out a little bit more about Pedro Pascal's villain in Maxwell Lord. He can, um, it sounds like he can give uh, or grant wishes of some sort, which reading between the lines, that's probably how we're going to get Chris Pine back in the picture since he perished uh many decades yeah. ago that's uh, how they edited it in the um in uh the like trailer as like yeah. you know, you'll get your wishes and then he shows up it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people are like what are you doing with this so that was a fun one wonder woman uh is scheduled to come out in october to be quite honest i mean the past week hearing about some theaters opening up it does sound like theaters are actually not doing too bad in terms of their the precautions um i was reading an article today and cinemark was really praising regal cinemas and saying that regal's doing it the right way and stuff so um we'll see i'm venturing back out this weekend so we'll find out good luck <sighs> i have like my little kit i'm taking like two masks i don't know why two like i'm not going to take the one off and then i'm going to have like a bottle of hand sanitizer um and maybe some mace to be like get away or just like a spray bottle <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm truly nervous. It's like, oh, the theaters did good this weekend, and then I, then I'm then I'm the pessimist that says, oh, let's wait a couple of weeks, and then you know, yeah. then let's yeah. see how we do. But that's that's my pessimism. Hopefully, everything goes fine. Well, if I'm not here next week, <laughs> um, so the next one we got was the Flash panel with Anthony Muschietti uh, and um, uh, Bar uh, Barry Allen. I almost said Ezra Miller. <laughs> um, it was it, we didn't get much out of it. We did find out confirmation that this is going to expand the multiverse and it's really going to show that a lot of different pieces um, of the DC universe exist on different earths. So backing up, they did have a session before this that was explaining it was like multiverse 101. And it actually was a great session. Um, a couple of us were talking about it on the side about how just you could tell they know where they're going and they have a handle on it, which is nice to see from DC. Um, but basically Joker is out like on its own earth. It's doing its own thing. Matt Reeves' new Batman, which we'll be talking about soon, um, is also on its own Earth doing its own thing. So he's kind of developing his own like world out there, whatever he wants to do. Um, and then we also then have Earth where we have, you know, Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot. And um, uh, I guess Batfleck also is on that Earth and stuff like that. So 
explain that a little bit. We're going to explore that a little bit more in the Flash movie. One of the big stories that broke about the Flash movie on Thursday, I believe it was, was that Ben Affleck will indeed be back for that film, which was a big surprise. It's kind of like they they like let the cat out of the bag a little early. But what do you feel about that? This was a tremendous surprise because I feel like, you know, he was out like he he like, you know, they they knocked him out like they didn't want him hit there. Um, he thought it would be best for his mental health to not be there. I'm worried about it in that sense because, um, you know, the guy seems to be having a pretty good life now. I don't know if, you know, like they, they, they basically kicked him off of Batman because they said if, if you'll keep drinking until you die, if if you uh, you need to take a break, you need to get away from this. Maybe he is now doing well, so he can come back. That's where it gets a little bit tricky. Um, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for him. I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see him, especially in Justice League. It seemed a lot like a Tony Stark Spider-Man relationship, yep. and so to have that kind of dynamic in that Flash movie sounds like a pretty solid dynamic to have. Yeah, I, I'm pretty pumped for it. I mean, it sounds like like you just said he was going through a lot back in the day when Justice League was being made, and then when he had written the new Batman film, and um, he was supposed to star in that. So there was a lot of challenges there. Um, I do think that it says a lot about DC's leadership now under Warner Brothers since the big change over last year or the year before that um, that he's willing to come back, number one, and that he's comfortable in coming back. Because I, I would assume that he has people that are kind of like helping him, you know, navigate things and not do anything that's going to be detrimental to his health and mental health, especially. So I, I'm excited for it. It's He'll be back in the Flash movie. It's the same movie that uh, we will have Michael Keaton's Batman back as well so we're playing with different earths different timelines um which is fun I'm, I'm very into that we also got a picture of a new suit that was um oh my god i wrote created by superman in the i don't know when i wrote this story jesus the story was <laughs> this suit was created by uh batman and when you zoom into the picture you find out that or you can see that it was michael keaton's batman based on the suit that's shown um so that's kind of cool i think that's going to be a lot of fun um, we'll see where that goes. It's still two years out. Yeah. We got a very fun panel about the suicide squad. Uh, we finally found out who all 84,000 of them are playing. <laughs> um, it sounds like James Gunn really dipped down into some of the deaths of DC characters, which is cool. Um, and then we got a behind the scenes look at it as well. It looks like a lot of fun. They said it was like a 1970s action movie mixed with all kinds of other, you know, craziness that James Gunn brings. Um, but the cast just seems delightful. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. There, there seems to be a passion in this cast. Um, yeah. Like whenever you see them, I mean, Idris Elba, either he's giving the best performance of his life or he's never been more excited. Um, and maybe it's a bit of both, but um, I think there's a passion behind James Gunn. We've seen that a cast loved James Gunn. We saw that with what happened in the guardians of the galaxy situation when he was fired from the third one. And so I think that they love what he does. I think he treats actors right. I think they have fun on set because it seems like they do. Because I have fun when they watch when I watch those movies. So one hundred percent. Like I'm, 100%. I'm very excited for this. This is just going to be. This is the kind of thing that's perfect for James Gunn. He's like, you know, this is the this is the type of universe that's perfect for James Gunn because it's just right now they're they are just like you're saying they're just kind of throwing a lot of stuff around and you know they're doing some multiverses they can do whatever they want right now and yeah. so pretty much james gunn's like okay i'm gonna do whatever i want yeah and you and i talked about this right before we came on but that's one of the things that i think dc's doing that i'm kind of in i mean i i love dc anyway so i 
probably not the best person to ask from uh, an unbiased standpoint, but um, you know, the fact that now they're explaining that they have these different earths and it really gives them the opportunity to really branch out and do different things. Just like they did in the comics. They, they would introduce a whole new story and be like, Oh, it's on earth, whatever. Um, and that's, that's fine. Right? Like you have films that are working films that, that fans want to see. So instead of trying to make everything link up together, like Marvel does, maybe this is the way that DC, you know, really makes a splash and uh makes some money for them <laughs> so we'll see that should be uh that should be a very interesting um direction with a new suicide squad it sounds like they're alluding to some things from the original in terms of the characters themselves um some of them are back but not all of them are back obviously um and then we have just a bunch of new characters they made fun of michael rooker on that panel a lot which was absolutely hilarious so um We'll see where that goes. The next one that we uh, jumped into, which was kind of cool. So it was about mainframe comics, which was is uh, has been dormant for about two decades. Uh, and mainframe comics really focused on um, black superheroes and representation. Uh, mainframe is coming back. It's being revived under DC, which is really cool. I think is just a really nice direction for them to go. Um, but one of the popular characters from the 1990s was Static Shock. There was actually an animated TV show. I remember that show, oddly. Um, at first, I didn't know what they were talking about. And then when I saw a picture, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but they kind of let slip that there is a live action film in development. Um, very early development. They're talking about it. But that will be down the line as well. So that's pretty cool. You yeah, know this anything one I knew Static nothing about. about. Yeah, I had nothing. Oh, <laughs> you and I, I are both like, uh. <laughs> I was like, do I hit the mute button? Cause I know you're winding up. And so I knew I was like about to start talking and then I was like, all right, I'm going to choke. Um, uh, yeah, this is one I, I don't know really anything about even after looking at the picture. Um, I'd say with this one, um, I'm just, you know, the only comment I can have is let's get some diversity going. Like, you know, and this is exactly what this is going to be all about. Have those characters in DC comics as well as Marvel comics have more of them keep going with them. Let's get as many as we can. And uh, so, you know, I'm excited for this. Let's keep it going. I'm excited. Well, then we got to potentially one of the big, probably the, one of the biggest two of the night um, there. It was black Adam with Dwayne, the rock Johnson, who always brings the energy and the excitement. Um, but, you know, he's been attached to this project for 10 years. Um, about 10 years he's been wanting to make it it was a passion project you can tell by him talking about black adam that he understands the character through and through so that's pretty cool to see they're in early development with that we know that noah centineo was cast as adam smasher um it's currently slated for release december of 2021 hopefully that sticks depending on when they're getting to uh getting into production they released sort of an animated type uh featurette that really tells the story of black adam a little bit you know being imprisoned back in um you know the early days and then five thousand years later he's he's out he's awake and i guess that's where we we see him today um but yeah it, it just uh, i'm pretty pumped for this movie i know they've been building up to a shazam movie down the road uh, shazam showdown because that was always one of the big comic showdowns um, we know that the justice society of america is going to be in there which fans have been wanting to see for a while uh, with Dr. Fate, Cyclone, Hawkman, and Adam Smasher. Um, and then he teased Superman, which was kind of weird. It was like a, you know, 
we're going to end up friends or maybe foes or something like that. Maybe we'll find out. And then he kind of gave like a look to the camera. Um, and so of course the internet was like, Oh my God, Superman's going to be in this movie. But Hey, that was the only mention we got of Superman all day. So who knows? <laughs> so um, if people haven't figured it out, um, I, I, not that I'm not a fan of DC, but I know just very, very little about this. So I'm coming in with this and that. And, uh, you know, it's tough with the Black Adam because I've never, or excuse me, Black Adam. Now I sound like some old person. Um, it's <laughs> tough with Black Adam because I don't really know much about this character as well. Um, I can say that, you know, the best part about this is that Dwayne Johnson is yeah. involved. And that's the best for this movie. That's the best for DC. Dwayne Johnson being involved in, you know, this type of studio is good because not only does he have a talent on the screen where you love watching him, you know, on the screen, delivering lines, delivering quips or, you know, beating someone to a pulp. You, you love that. But before that, this guy, you know, is just a monster on social media. This guy's a monster of promotions. So, you know, this movie does sound great, but even if it's not, it's going to get butts and seats. It, this yeah, this is sure. something where this guy gets people excited. Like you were saying, he was getting people excited to the event. I mean, I, I, and I'm not even close to, you know, shock because it's just, this is the kind of guy he is. He's just personable. Mm. He draws you in and he can get a crowd going and he can get you going to see a movie. I, I went to see Hobbs and Shaw because of him. And <laughs> I won't forgive him for that, but that's just like, that's the kind of like presence he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you're exactly right. I mean, I think it's a great get for them. It's amazing to me that he hasn't found his way into a comic book movie like this yet. Um, you know, it's just it's just surprising with him being the biggest actor out there. He's consistently like, you know, the highest paid actor of each year. This year, I think he's the highest paid actor and all of his movies got moved to 2021, which is weird. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. So then we got the Justice League Snyder Cut. Uh, we found out that the Snyder Cut is going to be released in four one-hour increments on HBO Max, and then they're looking at putting them together in like one long-ass film at the end. Um, and then we got the first teaser. The first teaser showed a lot of some old footage that we had seen in the very first footage back when Zack Snyder was still involved. Um, I want to say it was in 2016 that we got that footage, but I may be wrong. Um, it was It was an interesting teaser. It honestly... I didn't know how to feel about it right off the bat. And again, I'm looking forward to this. Um, they used Hallelujah as the song. And it was <laughs> kind of, I, I, I guess it was his like, Hallelujah, we made it. Um, and But at first I was like, ooh, odd choice. But then when you watch it again, it actually is kind of cool with how they synced up some of the action with the the beats and the, the rendition of Hallelujah. Um so I'm looking forward to it. Like beautiful. I mean, that's a beautiful song and it can always move you. And it moved me the first time I watched it. But choosing that song seemed like a bit of a troll job. Like that's yeah. just like getting to the fans. It's just like get them all psyched. Like I'm just like, you know, just see them. And I and I I, I get it because this is what this is. This is like, you know, this is a thing like, you know, when we're, they're telling the fans like, fuck you, Hollywood. Like, let's go. Like, you know, we got this. We're putting this on HBO Max. It's going to be a four hour movie. Let's do this, guys. And so, you know, yeah. we we have slightly differing opinions on the Snyder Cut. I think sure. there were a few other issues wrong with that besides, like, you know, Zack Snyder's vision wasn't realized. Um, that This is also keeping in mind that you are a, you know, very solid DC fan where, you know, I am not a comic book fan on either side and I am just a movie right. fan. So I'll just be like, you know, you'll be like, it didn't include this origin story. And I'll be like, well, the plot details weren't exactly correct. Like, so, you know, I'm that kind of nerd. 
Well, and I think that's something that's pretty cool. We already see in the trailer that was released that we're definitely getting more backstory for at least two characters, one being the Flash, the other being Cyborg. Um, the Flash introduces a whole new character that was, she filmed her scenes and then was cut from the movie completely. Um, excuse me. And then we also have um, two other characters that we didn't see, but we know that Green Lantern or someone who is reported to play Green Lantern filmed his scenes way back when. Um, and then Martian Manhunter, who we had seen in the first two movies, but didn't know he was Martian Manhunter. Uh, there's a scene where um, Martha is talking to um, Amy Adams, uh, uh, Lois Lane. I don't know. The past few days, I've been like, what's that name again? Um, <laughs> yeah. the big, really? Yeah. <laughs> the big <laughs> Superman. <Forgot Martha. laughs> yeah. Low come blow. On, low blow. Like, come on. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and there's a scene where everyone thinks that like, that's when Marcher Manhunter is playing her. Cause apparently we found out a while ago through leaks or whatever that, that was going to happen. There's still obviously some work that needs to be done on some of the CGI, some of the graphics. Um, it's not coming out till next year. So I'm confident that, that will be done. We shall see. I'm excited for it. So I'm, I'm still very interested. I shouldn't be like that big of a naysayer. Like I, I, I'm, I'm going to be very intrigued by this whole thing. Um, you know, it, it, I, one thing that really does get to me is like, or, or gets me is uh, the shot of all of them lining up. And I, oh. I really do kind of love that. I, there's just, you know, the Avengers has it when they all circle around and stuff like that. Something like that. It's just like, okay. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of them, but you got me there. You got me like I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. And Superman in the black suit is just something I'm really pumped for. It's a minor detail, but like the end of Batman versus Superman, you see on the casket, it's the black emblem. And that <laughs> tipped people off right away. Like, okay, we're going to see the black suit. And then you didn't. Um, but I digress. The next panel was Aquaman 2. We are spending a lot of time on this. We'll move fast. Um, Aquaman 2, we didn't get much news on it. Really no news. They just said that it's going to be more grounded in the modern world and more serious. Um, Patrick Wilson will be back as King Orm. It was actually a really fun panel between James Wan and Patrick Wilson, who this was their fifth movie working together on um, after the Conjuring films and others. Um, So that was fun. We got a short Shazam panel as well, where Sinbad, the comedian, was there. It was interesting. I guess they were playing on like the whole like Kazam, Shazam thing. I don't know. Whatever. He wasn't even in Kazam, was he? I don't, I don't know. I was, I was so lost by that point too. I was kind of exhausted, which is like the funniest thing in the world that sitting around watching stuff for that long can be exhausting. But when it was all over, I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> um, but Sinbad may or may not be in the, the sequel. We don't know. He would fit uh, very well in a Shazam movie. He would fit right? very well. <laughs> we did get the title. Uh, it's Shazam Fury of the Gods. So um, fun name. We'll see what happens. Then we got the Batman trailer. I mean the bat. Well, yeah, we got the Batman trailer, but the bat- the Batman uh, panel. The trailer had leaked out earlier, in, like I think like an hour or two earlier, and people were losing their goddamn minds about it, losing their minds about it. And I was like, I'm not watching it. I'm waiting. It's a really good trailer. <sighs> this one, th- th- this is the best I've seen out of um, out of this DC. Uh, um, what was it called? The DC Comic Con or whatever. <laughs> The DC comic cone. Yeah. What was it called? Fandome. 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 Yeah, I knew it had dome in it or ohm or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I lost my notes for a second. And so I panicked. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
I got to say, this is just this, you know, and, you know, some people have said the thing, whoa, a gritty Batman? What will we ever do? And I, I, I get it. I get it. It's been done already. I think that this is something that's been done in a different atmosphere. Um, it's, you know, they're bringing in a lot of villains, which over villains is a problem. But, you know, I think that they're handling the balance very well because they're working on source material. They're not just going for fanfare. Um, I love that the idea of like, you know, we're going to have the Riddler or the Riddler as a um, as a center of Batman. And, you know, yes, I know Jim Carrey's around, but he was not the center because there were 16 villains in that. This is the first like, you know, he's going to be the main guy. And I think that that puts in a detective story to it. I think that puts in something new. Um, I thought they were being very cheeky with the, uh, you know, 2021 with the question marks thinking like quarantine, who the hell knows. But actually that was just riddle or stuff. Um, but I think that like this, this really is going to be, this is Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves made three planet of the apes movies, which like it was a franchise considered legally dead by Tim Burton. And he's bringing like back a Batman, you know, and this is the, you know, several iterations of Batman. I've, I've seen too many in my life and I'm still ready for this one. Um, well, but and when he was talking about the, the Batman prior to them showing the trailer, Number one, he was talking like a mile a minute. Like he like didn't have enough time to get everything out. He has such an understanding of the character and of all the characters, really. It is just so exciting to see. And like it gets you pumped up for where this is all going. And the fact that they've only completed 25% of filming and we got a two-minute trailer that was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I can't wait. I'm really excited. And how about Colin Farrell? Did you see him in that? So here's what I did. Like, you know, my, my buddy texted me saying, like, you know, like Colin Farrell's in this. I'm like, no, he's not. I'm like, yeah, he's the guy that says, hey, that's crazy. Or like, that guy's crazy. And so I stopped and fast forward and rewound and fast forward. I kept on looking at it. Still no idea it was him. Yep. Still couldn't really place him. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe what he's doing. I mean, you know, I, I, I thought he was just like a brilliant casting for uh, Cobblepot anyway. I think that's like just like it's not the obvious day DeVito, but it's just something where it's like, oh, he's a real person, but he's going to be a little bit off. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Um, I'm very excited for that. We get that next year. Hopefully they're about to resume production. So, um, yeah. Hey, a lot of good stuff coming from DC. I think the nice thing is, while I'm not excited about all of it, um, or yes, I, I guess that's the wrong way to say it. While I'm, um, you know, all of it wouldn't be my first choice of what I want to see right now because I do want to see more Superman stuff as a Superman fan. Um, more content is fun content, so I'm excited to see what they have coming. But here's where we get into some interesting news. As mentioned earlier, we have a ton of reboots coming down the road, and I'm just going to name them all on this list right now. Uh, and this is not all-encompassing because I'm sure two more were announced while we've been talking for the past half hour. But we're getting another nutty professor, The Thing, Urban Legend, The Exorcist, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The interesting piece with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that uh, I'd love this part of the story. Um, it's it's being done at Lionsgate. They've been in production for a week, and they saw the uh, initial footage, whatever was completed, said, we don't like this. We're scrapping it. We're replacing the directors. <laughs> um, so whew, that should be interesting. That one, that one, that story fascinated me. Of all of them, that one, that's the one that just said, all right, so this news is getting out. Like, they obviously didn't want this news to get out, but they have to get it out if they're replacing a director. And, you know, 
How in the world can a movie be successful after this? How in the world could a reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre be successful anyway, considering that's already happened and they've already right. done it? I was in high school when that happened. That wasn't too long ago. It yep. really, uh, it wasn't too long ago. Um, but I, I think about this and I say like, you know, already like what, what, how, what, what could have been wrong? Like at that point you're shooting, like, you know, people getting out of uh, the house and going to a car, like, you know, what, what was the issue there? Were they against the vision of like, you know, the extras in the background? I, I'm truly baffled by how something could lose it after one week. And I, um, you know, I'm not really in, in the biz, but you know, that part of me just really surprises me that something like that could happen so quickly. And it just shows that that, you know, that movie, which already I would never think is going to be that good is just in severe danger. Yeah. And, but you know what, this might be kind of like the marketing push it needed in a way to get a few more eyes on it. Um, Cause now people are going to be interested to see what was so off about the original footage. Like what, what direction did they want to take it in that the filmmakers were not, you know, filling. So um, should be interesting. I, uh, my question with these reboots, um, are you interested in any of them? I, I gotta say I'm not. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, as as has been like our uh, fun little, um, you know, bit on this podcast is me not of seeing horror films. So uh, the thing, Urban Legend of the Exorcist, I've never seen. Um, I'm looking to see The Exorcist soon because I know it's a classic one. Um, but, you know, those are just, you know, the horror movies. I never really grew up with horror. So that th those I haven't seen. So those I'm severely not uninterested in. Um, the one that, you know, I, I won't interest is a very, very hard word. But uh, The Nutty Professor um, was already a remake eddie murphy already remade that and the original is jerry lewis and the yep. original is golden i love that movie um and but you know eddie murphy did something different did something cool you know sherman so that sherman exactly this was this began the eddie murphy age of i'm just gonna talk to myself and that's what he that's what he was doing for a while since then and you know he brought something new to the table there what will this nutty professor do that's bringing new to the table? Because, you know, Jerry Lewis just did a classic Jekyll and Hyde with a twist. Um, and then, you know, Eddie Murphy did the talking to themselves and I'm going to be fat and now skinny, which was a fun little, like, you know, twist to that. What will be the new thing that they can do if they're going to do a new thing? Because they might not. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure where, what they would want to what direction they would want to go. I feel like doing a story about like fat shame and stuff again today is not probably going to be great. Like similar to how like shallow how would never succeed today. Um, how surprisingly woke though. Like in my oh, opinion, it, oh, it is in yeah, the end. Yeah. In the end, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like that's, I, I just, I don't think that there are stories that they, that, that are worth rehashing. So I do hope that they go a new direction with it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they cast in that too. It's more of a recent acquisition of the rights, I believe. So um, I'm sure. Well, but again, everyone's moving quickly during this pandemic time to kind of get stuff teed up and ready to go for production when they're allowed to again. Um, yeah, we're going to have like a 2023 that's going to have 7,000 movies. Like there'll be like 20 every single week, which we already okay. have a 2021 that is. I mean, Jesus, we, yeah, well, like, think about everything that was pushed. Yeah, op optimism there. I mean, I, I'm worried about this thing ever working. That's my pessimism again. But I'm, I'm, no, we're going to be good. We're going to be fine by then. Um, but uh, looking at the rest of these, yeah, those are the only ones because the other ones, you know, the thing just sort of crossed my mind. Is John Carpenter going to be the director? Because that seems like a big old fashioned what's the point? I mean. For the thing? Yeah. 
I'm not sure. It, it, he's involved in it in some oh, way, okay. but um, they haven't really said anything. I think there's still just not enough known about what's going on. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. All right. So the next interesting story that we have is uh, about Adam Polly. Did you ever watch the show Happy Endings? Um, I love Happy Endings and I love Adam Polly. Like, I, yeah. I, he's so funny. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see him in this role as John Belushi, um, which is just going to be fascinating. I mean, the whole story with John Belushi is he was such a huge star, um, Saturday Night Live, at the height of his career, and then really faced an untimely death. um, And it was, you know, wasn't it like a woman injected him with drugs or something? Um, I can't remember remember the full story. Yeah, so he, um, from Wikipedia... Uh, he struggled with heavy heavy drug use that threatened his comedy career. He was dismissed and rehired at SNL on several occasions due to behavior. And then in 82, he died from combined drug intoxication caused by Kathy Smith, who injected him with a mixture of heroin and cocaine known as a speedball. Oh, and then, yeah. Wow. So, again, one of those actors that was just, you know, at the top of the comedy game um, during his time and... Um, this is going to explore that. So I love films like this. I mean, it's kind of weird to say that I love like films that explore the tragedy in life, but um, I think there's something good that can come out of it. And I think Adam Polly is probably going to do a good job with it, knowing his, uh, his limited acting career. Yeah. Adam Polly is like very funny. Um, he's great casting for this. Cause he's, you know, he's got kind of this in shape chubby thing going on where, you know, just like John Belushi did. Um, and I really love the idea of it. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I worry about him being able to do drama. Um, drama might be the one thing with him, especially if this is going to have tragedy. You know, how well is that going to go for him? Um, I don't think I've ever seen him in a drama. Um, I've seen him do, you know, dramatic parts of happy endings, but that, that, that was also him being a goofy character. Um, so that could be interesting. Will he need to stretch it that far? Will like, you know, this film give him a little bit of a, a leash or give him a little bit of give where he doesn't have to worry about that. That's uh, going to be one of the tough parts to really know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to pick, uh, pick through his IMDb real quick as I'm, as we're chatting. Um, it seems like he just does a lot of comedy. I mean, he was yeah. in that Netflix, um, uh, wrestling movie, the main event that came out earlier this year. Um, he was in Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I forgot about that until I saw that the other day. Um, but everything else is pretty, you know, like the Mindy Project, Happy Endings. Um, not really seeing anything else that jumps out. He was a scout trooper in uh, two episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> of course um, he was. I think everyone was in that as a voice. I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, so so the, the other thing uh, that was interesting when I was doing some research on this is that he is not the first person to play John Belushi. Have you heard about this whole situation? No. Um, way back when, Michael Chiklis, when he was starting out, played John Belushi in a movie where John Belushi wakes up in the morgue after he's dead and he's re, re, yep, he's rehashing his life. Um, this was one where the uh, anyone who was a friend of John Belushi or family of John Belushi hated this movie. Um, and apparently it was actually genuinely bad. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, you but, don't uh, say <laughs> Chiklis does claim that it caused him to be blacklisted for a while. 
like you know from like they kind of said you're not going to work in these studios again and stuff and you know i think now he's you know hustled out a bit of a career but uh that was one thing that like i i heard about that and uh, uh, that that's what my mind went to immediately when i saw adam pally i was like oh no is he gonna get blacklisted but it seems like this one's a little bit more tasteful <laughs> it's not gonna be well, and it has a solid director behind it too with david frankel so um here's hoping <laughs> yeah the next story, uh, did you see Tomb Raider in 1998 or 1998 in uh, 2018 with Alicia Vikander? I did not. It's actually a pretty solid movie. I heard it was um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't terrible. Uh, I think, you know, coming off of a property that has been played out in the video games for decades and with two films uh, that starred Angelina Jolie back in the day. Um, it, it was a pretty solid movie. So now we're finding out that the director of Tomb Raider, uh, whose name is Roar Uthog. I love the name Roar. Um, he is going to helm a film called Troll for Netflix, which comes from an original story, original idea he has uh, that is kind of based on uh, or inspired by a Scandinavian legend. But if I was a huge troll in the mountains of Norway, awakening after 1000 years and going on a rampage, totally into it. <laughs> um think it could be fun <laughs> this, this plot sounds amazing like it, this story when i saw it did not introduce like you know first of all i thought the director of tomb raider was doing the next trolls movie um and so i said all right well no absolutely not i mean i know there's gonna be a third one because that made 10 billion dollars but I, I i really you know didn't want that but this sounds <laughs> great where it's just gonna be this troll like invading a modernized city and stuff um you know, it just shows that Netflix actually has an unlimited amount of money. And they're like, you know, yeah, sure. Do this. Like, go ahead. Have some fun. Trolls 3 rated R. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids, but for trolls. And the trolls start, like, terrorizing towns. <laughs> Crossover. Shut- Shutter is like, their ears are perking up right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Shutter knows it right now. They're- they've started <laughs> filming. Um, so the last two before we get to the top story that we want to talk about uh, is actually back to comic book world, but this time with Marvel and the spump, if you will, the spump. That's not a real thing, right? Or is that just you or is that a real thing? It's literally called the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. Oh, my spump. God. Spump. Anyway, um, you know, we've seen this play out already with Sony with uh, two different characters. Obviously, Spider-Man, who has dabbled in both the Sony world and uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, and then we had Venom, which made a lot of money and was actually a fun movie with Tom Hardy. Venom 2 is on its way out. Long been rumored that we were getting a Craven the Hunter film. Uh, what Sony has had eyes on doing for a long time is setting up the Sinister, Sinister Six, which is like Spider-Man's big bads. Um, so Craven the Hunter has finally found its director in J.C. Chandon, who did Triple Frontier, which I think you and I had talked about. Wasn't that the one with Ben Affleck on Netflix? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be another entry in Spunk or whatever it's called. Um, but in addition to that, we did find out that um, Olivia Wilde has been tapped to direct a female-led Marvel film at Sony. A lot of people right away um started theorizing that it was going to be a spider woman movie she did tweet out a spider (laughs) when she uh retweeted (laughs) the story so that seemingly confirms it i'm pumped for that though because i think olivia wilde directing book smart was incredible um so i'm very excited to see what she does with kind of a high profile um film like this and a character like this that has some established roots in the comics book smart was 
exceptional. And um, I'm like, you know, really excited to see what she does next. Um, I worry that there's that pattern of someone making an amazing indie movie and then immediately getting pushed into the waters of Marvel or in this case, uh, Spunk um, or, you know, DC. Spunk. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I think she can handle it. I think she has the chops. I think she kind of like, you know, I'll just put it in the most eloquent way. Uh, she directed the shit out of Booksmart. I mean, <laughs> really like, and so I think she can handle something um, of this nature where, you know, you're going to be handling a quote unquote spider woman movie. And that is something that, you know, you got to really handle delicately and you have to bring in um, a lot of, um, you know, uh, straight white males that are going to be furious at just the thought of this. And yeah. so I think that there's something there where you have to like, you know, you have to make that accessible, which I think she can do because plenty. Oh, actually, Booksmart was a little bit of a flop in terms of uh, um, how many people saw it. But I think that you could draw it in after like, you know, from the beginning of the movie. Um and I think this is, could be something that really works. I, I just do worry about that indie in, indie director going right into something this big, which is oh. a pattern that has worked and not worked. I mean, we saw with uh, with superhero uh, movies with Fantastic Four a couple years ago, five years ago, that that did not work. Josh Trank was not able to go from low budget to huge budget. Um, poor Josh Trank. He's going to be. He made it back with the phone, though. He's good with like you know that. Good goodbye um, to you. Goodbye. Now, to you. I I one of the, the actually one of the things I, I think about is um, the uh, directors of uh, Captain Marvel, which I think is a fine film. Um, I think it kind of loses its way with all of its effects and the world building, and I think it gets a little bit a uh, little bit muddy towards like you know around the third act, and you know I worry about some something, something like that happening with you know. Uh, Spider-Man or Spider-Woman where, or, you know, just bringing in like, you know, a bunch of hands and, you know, just ripping it apart. Like that's going to be what, what was that? What was that? Sorry. That was the worst attempt at, well, I'm scared. I'm going to hit the microphone. So bring people that are hand. listening on, uh, through the podcast are not going to be able to see, but you're doing this weird, like the claw thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I forgot that this is not a uh, visual medium. Um, <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, okay. I'm with I'm with you there. I mean, the the thing with this that's going to be really interesting is they're, they're establishing a universe. So any of the directors that are brought in are going to have the same task that Marvel directors had as well. But Sony does have a history of being very hands on, and um, that worries me a little bit. So we'll see where that goes. Um, they need to rename their universe because Spump is not uh, where I want them to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um uh, I, I I one issue about Craven the Hunter, um, which is is cool. They're doing this like you know six villains thing. They're gonna fight Spider Man, but uh, they're all gonna get together in the one movie, and then Spider Man's gonna be over at Marvel. Like, is there are they gonna do a <laughs> like? It's just gonna be them being like, oh no, like. Uh. Yeah, I mean, they really have to like set this all up quick, right? I mean, they're already starting with, of course, the Craven movie is in the works. Um, I'm just trying to bring up who was the original um, Sinister Six because there were as Morbius Morbius which I, that's another movie I forgot is still lingering out there um, but the original Sinister Six was Craven the Hunter, Doc Ock uh, Electro Sandman and Vulture we have Vulture in there um, with uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture we have Electro, who's not listed there, but Electro comes into it down the road as well. So I'm pumped about that because I really not Electro. I'm sorry, um, Mysterio is who I meant. I I, 
I love Mysterio. I love yeah. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. But I, I don't know. I mean, they. I think they have three movies with Tom Holland right now um, left uh, in the current agreement. So I don't know what happens with the rights and what that's going to look like if Kevin Feige... Mysterio like, belongs to Marvel as well. I mean... Unless that was part of the agreement, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige's going to produce that movie uh, or Feige, Feige, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Enough superhero talk. <laughs> Let's talk magic because that's a good transition, right? So the top story this week is that we are seeing production uh, set to return amid uh, some extra precautions that are being taken. We know that Jurassic World 3 Dominion is back in production. Batman is heading back into production if it hasn't started already. And now we find out that production is set to begin on Fantastic Beasts 3, which was originally supposed to start um, a while ago, actually, but they kept rewriting the script after the crimes of Grindelwald was um, less than stellar. Um, And they are, I think they were supposed to start filming earlier this year, probably March. It seems like everyone was supposed to start in March and then COVID was like, Hey, what's up? Um, So they will be filming in the UK. Little's known about this franchise, but they will also be venturing to Brazil, which kind of sticks with or keeps with the, uh, the theme of Fantastic Beasts kind of taking us all throughout the world. So it's supposed to be in theaters on my birthday next year, 2021, November 12th. <sighs> what are your thoughts? So I um, I watched all the Harry Potters. Um, I didn't read the books because I can't read. Um, but I, <laughs> I saw all the Harry Potters. Um, I thought they're great. I loved them. I loved how they you know kept it fairly consistent in the style, uh, veered off a little bit. You know, they got away from the Chris Columbus after the uh, kids movie ones were done. Um, and uh, then they started these movies and I have not seen them because okay. I don't, I don't care. Um, and that, that really is the genuine problem. It's just, you know, it's like, Oh, these are in the Harry Potter universe and Oh, we have a uh, hot, sexy Dumbledore. And like that kind of like, you know, piqued my interest for a second, but really like, it was just one of these things where it's like, Oh, I don't really, I don't really care about, you know, these characters that I don't know. And so, you know, honestly, I never saw them now they made, they made uh, a buttload. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm in the minority there, but I think that, you know, this was based off of like, you know, what, like a pamphlet that JK Rowling had. It was, um, it, it was a book that was written for charity. It's one of their textbooks in the books and the movies. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is actually the name of the textbook. Uh, but she wrote like a, a textbook that was sold for charity with, I think, the history of Quidditch or something back in the day. Hmm. So th- it's a completely original story in terms of the characters. I mean, Newt Scamander, who is the main character, is mentioned. Uh, he's the author of that book. Um, so ultimately, it will like build up to that. What's I think what they have going for them and what they need to figure out how to play better is this is it's set to be a series of five movies uh leading up to this big battle that everyone that if you're a big harry potter fan you know um but it reference it's referenced between grindelwald and um dumbledore so it's there's a lot of things that they're playing with there a lot of callbacks to things that were revealed in the original seven books um but i uh, my biggest fear is that because the first two didn't do so well and they didn't have like total crazy callbacks um, or I guess references that uh, now they're just going to overload it. I had yeah. read somewhere a while ago that they were trying to figure out a way to like get Harry Potter in it somehow. And <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think um, a lot of just the uh, the fantasy genres they do this thing. Like we we this was what we were going to talk about were um, different uh, you know fantasy genres. Um, and the way I looked at them is um, what they do is they you know usually they're based off of something. Maybe sometimes they're original, but usually they're based off of something. Um, and uh, once they fill out that uh, source material, they say, "Let's go further." And yeah. when we go further, let's go into a fake textbook um, that was written um, and then bring in a bunch of other stories that come from that. And that's where it gets a little bit slippery. I think of Lord of the Rings, those, those first three, amazing. The Hobbit movies, first of all, one book, one movie. But what Peter Jackson tried to do is get a lot of stuff from, I believe it's called the Cimmerillion. I'm a little bit out of my depth here. But um, you know, he tried to put in way more than he needed to and they kind of turned into a mess. Um, yeah. So that, and then like, you know, the other one I had here, um, you know, well, actually this one's a little bit different, but you know, the Narnia series just kind of, you know, ran out of gas. Cause that's one that like, you know, could have been cool. I think, you know, some, I don't think it made a lot of money. I think some studios got bankrupted and, you know, they tried, they tried to, I remember they had the first two going. Um, and then the third one was kind of made by a different studio and that turned into a bit of a mess. And then, you know, there, there was like four or five and the, they, since then they have not made them. Yeah, I th and I think they landed somewhere else again, um, and they're going to be remade or something like that. So that is a property that people are pretty passionate about. So I yeah. don't know if it will find its way to you know one of the streamers or what in the future. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the biggest problem is that they have success and you get greedy and you want to expand the universes. I will say that the first Fantastic Beast is actually really good in my eyes. I, I it was surprisingly fun. Um, and something different. The second one had a potential or had the potential, but it just was very, um, very convoluted and really just did not really, I think, uh, deliver the way it should have. It was kind of confusing. And, um, you know, if you're trying to market towards kids, then you're going to have issues with that. The other thing it has going for it, um, or does not have going for it in a weird way, is, you know, there's the whole Johnny Depp saga with Amber Heard. So Johnny Depp being cast as Grindelwald, who is such a big character in the history of the wizarding world, um, has been um, met with some angst from the beginning. They haven't recast him. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen there? You also have Ezra Miller, who is in these movies, um, who I really like his character. But Ezra Miller, and we didn't talk about this with the Flash yeah. panel, but he's just a kooky guy. He obviously has gotten into some trouble with there's a video of him choke slamming someone um, like a fan. So that's a problem. Um, DC seems to just be running with it. I don't really care for him as a person from what I know about him. Um, don't know him personally, but um, just rubs me the wrong way. So I don't know. I don't know and where they're going to go. You have this at the center of all this, too, which is going to be one of the really main things right now is uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah, great um, point there. Has uh, said some pretty, uh, pretty damn hateful things right now um, about trans people, I believe. And yeah. I, I, I look at this and I just say, "Is this?" And I thought about that when they said, "Oh, they're making the third one." Because, like, between Johnny Depp's situation, which to, to tell you the truth, I think that is more complicated than I originally imagined. Yeah. Which is, you know, I, I don't know enough to know, but like, you know there there may have been some things where you know he has other issues as well like so i'm not even yeah i'm not even touching this one um what but i um i, I look at it and it's like there's so many friggin problematic issues here that i you know 
I don't even know what to think about. And once again, I haven't seen the first two. Um, I like I, I really liked the Harry Potter movies. I was a fan of them. I kind of just don't care about what these do or where they go. And, you know, so for me, you know, yeah, put Johnny Depp in there. Who else can we get in there? Um, get uh, Louis C.K. in there. Kevin <laughs> Spacey. Um, now you're being hateful. Fatty Arbuckle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and I, I use that a lot when I'm at a loss for, wor- <laughs> loss for words. I say interesting a lot. Um but it, it really is because number one, they're rewriting a lot of these, um, a lot of the scripts because obviously, like they know where they want to go with them, and I think she has a pretty good outline of where she wants to go. But they need to spice them up and make them more appealing and more exciting. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be losing money on them. But it would be really surprising to me if they don't finish out the story, just given you know the amount of money that J.K. Rowling has made Warner Brothers. Um, but it does reek of them trying to do like a time travel thing or something yeah. with like yeah. Harry Potter. Or something. I don't know. So I don't know. Um, I see some comments here, Sam, actually, I know Sean doesn't read, but I believe an author's story affects their work. Is HP safe from this new legacy? She's, she's creating the whole brand. I, I struggle with that because what's interesting is one of the things um, with the Harry Potter books that is revealed in the end is that Dumbledore, who is like one of the most popular uh, and well, like beloved characters of the Harry Potter series is actually a gay man. Um, and his first love was Grindelwald, who is this like terribly um, troubled, crazy villain that we are seeing in the, uh, the the films right now. So it's a complicated relationship, and but obviously it gets into um, you know the a, a gay storyline, which is for me great, and I I love that. But trans storylines are very different. And what we're seeing is that um, and very different in the fact that like it, we can't say that just because you touch on a gay storyline, you're doing service for the entire community. The uh, she said some really shitty things um, and has doubled down on them, which is the part that's really getting me has not um, apologized and has just confirmed them again and again. Like, you know, exactly. I know you exactly. thought I meant this, but I did. <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that Harry Potter has such a special place in people's hearts that it's going to be fine long term. Um, I do think what you might see down the road is like Warner Brothers trying to buy her out of the ideas and stuff. Um, like, give us your characters. Here's some money. Be gone. <laughs> um, because it is it's become just a huge worldwide phenomenon. If you look at the theme parks, the movies, the books, everything. So I don't see it going. I think that's the same with really like Lord of the Rings or any of the other fantasy, you think of Game of Thrones. We're not, you know, we haven't gotten a Game of Thrones movie yet, but I promise you it's probably down the road. Oh God, yeah. Two spinoffs were planned for HBO. I think they're only moving forward with one now, but that's what happens. You try to dive deeper into some of the, the storylines or at least, you know, create stories where uh, the author hadn't gone before. So I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, will I see these movies? Yes. So my question of like, you know, what are my favorite? What's my favorite fantasy series? It's it's Harry Potter. I get lost in Harry Potter and I love it so much. Um, what's the worst to me? Um, I don't know that I have an answer for that because I just love fantasy in general. Well, How fantasy is such an interesting genre because like when I, when I think about like fantasy, I think about, you know, well, I'll tell you the truth. This is what happened is you talked about this on the notes and then I Googled fantasy movies. Cause I kind of couldn't like think of them. <laughs> and 
everything was encompassed in them. The Avengers movies were there. The um, like, you know, different like King Kong was there. Fantasy is such a large portion yeah. of everything that it's really difficult to really pin it down. Um, so, you know, Star Wars was in fantasy, which really like, you know, fascinated me because I would not call that fantasy, but it technically is there. Um, that's sci-fi. That's just sci-fi. That's not fantasy, but, um, but, it, but it was there. All the comic book movies were in fantasy. Like it really like was just something that's interesting. So if I'm really going to think about it, I think it's gotta be Lord of the Rings. I think, uh, th those three movies just absolutely blew me away. The Amazon series hopefully will be just as amazing. Uh, I was just going to say that's a, that's a great example of they're expanding, you know, the franchise again now with a really interesting Amazon uh, fran uh, franchise or series, I should say, that I'm excited for. But it's, again, an example of dipping back down into it. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they have something good that they're going to mine, but it'll be tough. I don't know why with fantasy movie franchises, I guess I always think of um, book based films like mm -hmm. Book to book to movies, book to film, um, novel to film, if you will. So I don't know. There we go. I, will I see them? I will. You're see doing them. great. Let's, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm <absolutely>. fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just extremely exhausted right now. Um, I'm probably gonna watch Harry Potter now, actually, because oh, I'm all, kind of excited. All seven, about it. All seven tonight. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're still on HBO Max, but at one like when HBO Max launched, they're like, we have all seven or all eight Harry Potters, and then like. Three weeks later or two weeks later, they're like, watch them now because they're going soon. <laughs> J.K. Rowling wrote a, wrote a paper. And that's it. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> my God. But that's interesting that with that J.K. Rowling situation, yeah. um, I don't think it will taint the series much because I think that like the goodwill is there for it. But well, hey, that was a lot of uh, fun news, fun stuff. We uh, really nailed that 45 minute time limit. We said we yeah, were going to. Hey, before we were at like 135. So we are definitely doing better. True, true. This week's new releases, uh, The New Mutants is hitting theaters. I am going to see it in IMAX on Thursday. That is my first return to the theaters. Lord, I wish you luck, and I'm extremely jealous of you. The Personal History of David Copperfield comes out next week, uh, this week, actually. Limited release, I believe. Um, but I noticed in the theater near me, it's going to be out next week, so I may venture there, too. Bill and Ted Face the Music uh, is now coming out on Friday. I wrote three days because <laughs> I think I read I read an article earlier that said just three days or a tweet or something. <laughs> oh, God, I'm special. Um, so that's coming out uh, in theaters, but also on video on demand. Um, I will not be seeing that. I just have no I'm, interest. I'm checking that out because I, I just watched um, both, uh, you know, the, the, the two original. And Did so you really? Mainly because, you know, it's the only one that's going to be on freaking VOD because it's the only crap I can see this weekend. <laughs> you get Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace Against the Universe on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's way um, better than a theater. Thanks, bud. That's, that's no problem. No problem. Yeah, complain to me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Phineas and Ferb, I used to like... Uh, one of my nieces or nephews watched that series and I started watching it for fun, like on the side. It actually is one of those like intelligent kid shows that has some funny like adult humor in it it's got that spongebob um, quality yeah not quite spongebob level but it's there um so tell me about the binge though you added that to the list and i don't know anything oh. about it oh yes yeah, so this movie is coming out on hulu um on the 28th so yeah in three days um and <laughs> i um this this is a uh, movie uh starring uh i believe it's vince vaughn and um i there are a few other kid actors i can't quite remember so i'll just 
move past that. Um, and um, it is a movie about alcohol for kids. Alcohol is legal for like twenty four hours. It's basically the purge, but for you know legal drinking. And just that plot line alone was like, okay, yeah, I'm watching this immediately. <laughs> this sounds great. Oh my god, this sounds so stupid, but I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Skylar Gazando, Eduardo Franco, Dexter Darden. Skylar Gazando has been in, um, uh, he was in the Santa Clarita Diet and um, the Righteous Gemstones recently. Oh, yes, he was. He has he has a very recognizable face. Well, th- that, his face is the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. And, that, you know, with all due respect to him, like he just knows how to like deliver funny from that face. <laughs> Dexter Darden was in the Maze Runner series, I believe. There we go. Um, and then Grace Van Dien. Why do I know that name? Looking at her list right now. Nothing Nothing that pops out. Well, I mean, at least we're getting new movies. <laughs> we are. If you're not going to theaters, you don't have much to watch. But... Shut up, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Math Teacher Movies. I review way too many movies, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> until Thursday when <laughs> until Thursday when I go back, back in the classroom <laughs> <laughs> well guys just before we wrap up I do want to remind everyone to go register for the first ever guide to movies virtual film festival which takes place Friday this Friday through Sunday it'll be a lot of fun we'll be there it'll be a blast you can listen to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast Apple podcast Google podcast Stitcher anywhere that you can find them anchor.com I don't know where else Um, But also wear your damn mask and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.